Hello, Kino. I'm really happy and honoured to have you on. This is um, the second time you've come on. And I'd just like you to introduce yourself to the listening audience. Okay, hello, listening audience. My name is Marcia Spence. I am a mother and a grandmother um, in my early 50s. I'm a woman in business and a um, empowerment and confidence builder, particularly for women in leadership. Okay, thank you, Marcia. You know, um, I remember it was quite a few years ago and I remember seeing you um, on Facebook and you had this fantastic page and, you know, I remember going on there and thinking, wow, you know, what's this? You know, I didn't really, I wasn't using (laughs) Facebook at that level at the time um, when, you know, when you were using it. So I remember, you know, you doing lots of things and being really busy, really being... um, you know, and, and having, there was a lot of people around you and you, you did radio as well. Mm-hmm. What um, what got you started in, you know, sort of being being a bit of a freelance and um, an entrepreneur? Okay, I'd say that actually I've been involved in business and I've been an entrepreneur forever. Although I've perhaps used my entrepreneurial spirit and skills within employment also so even in roles that I've played um, in my career such as um, developing services for families I've developed um, every form of childcare that you can think of from uh, parents and toddler groups as they were back in the 80s um, right through to playgroups, day nurseries Um, training centres. I've developed a number of community businesses over a a career span of about 28 years. Wow. Yeah, because I mean... So, yeah. Wow. Um, So, very much um, women supporting women um, being able to Mm -hmm. go out to work and do what they do. Um, Yes. And is that that always been... Is that always what's driven you to, you know... Being a passion. Yes, I'd say that um, I had my first child at the age of 19 and that was in the um, late 1980s and at that time I um, I was originally a travel clerk, I trained in travel and tourism and worked for a travel agent um, and I also had an interest in probably going to university to become a solicitor or barrister however I had my first child quite young and um, my interest in children my interest in childcare um, really developed at that point and also a keen um, involvement in activism for better childcare for um, providing services that eliminated the barriers that women faced in trying to get back into employment and education so I'd say I had my baby boy Nathan and and that was like 32 years ago now and I fell in love with my child and really um, was keen to make a difference in the lives of children And therefore, um, in order to do that, um, it involved providing support and services for women. So the beginnings of my career were very, very involved in a lot of activism for women, 
um, and for children. Yeah, you know, I can certainly relate to that because I was a young mum around the same time and I remember okay. that was, you know, childcare was, was, was always, you know, a bit of an issue. Um, so I think yes. it's definitely something that's really important because, you know, women out in the workforce, plus women, you know, being able to be mothers, effective mothers and, and being effective in the workplace is very important. Um, I know you've written, yeah. I know you've also written some, uh, is it a couple of books, um, Marcia? Yes, I've written uh, two, I've written about, I've written three books and I've written uh, part of an anthology as well. Wow. So I've written four books myself, oh. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspired you to write? When did you know that you had the gift to write? Because four books is, you know... Okay. That's not easy, is it? Again, I have to... I mean, Imani, I, I suppose um, I have to... My passion for writing and for reading and for books yeah, yeah. came from my childhood. Both my parents, my mother and my father, um, made sure that we had books all around us. So we had books more than we had toys. And we read, I mean, I read every day, every day, throughout the day and every night to go to sleep. They invested at that time in the 70s, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of pounds into collections of books, encyclopedias, uh, lots of books around facts and facts, as well as fiction. So... We read um, Shakespeare, we read Dickens, we read the Brontes, we read Enid Blyton, we read, you name it, we read it. And, but also alongside that, I wrote, I wrote stories, I wrote plays, I directed plays as a little child, um, just loved writing, absolutely loved writing and using my creativity and my imagination into creating um creating yeah yeah so reading and writing uh, have been has been embedded in me you know from my formative years really and i'd have to thank my parents for that yeah i mean yeah i mean i totally agree with that those are they're, they're skills that can uh, you know be there for you at any time you know being able to pick up a book you know if you're feeling mm-hmm. you know down or you're you need you need some information it's so good when you yeah. um, pick up a book and you know learn or you know grasp anything that you want how how important yeah. would you say Marcia, it is for our children to you know and, and grandchildren to um fall in love with books it's vitally important. I mean, it's things are a little bit different now yeah. in terms of the access to the internet. So I'd say that it's important for children to access the written word. It's important for children to access where they can find information that perhaps, you know, no one else can tell them where they can explore, because I know that I found out very much about the world through my reading, and I still do. And um, I also see that books, particularly fiction, can also be a place of escapism, 
It can be a place to um, to find some healing and comfort yeah. as well, particularly if a child is going through difficulties um, difficulties in their lives at that time. It's very important. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's so important to have that favourite book, but, you know, for children, because I know I, I was like that, you know, growing up, mm-hmm. just like yourself, enjoying yeah. books and that. But, you know, Marcia, what I want to, you know, we're talking about books now, but you've yes. also become a publisher. Tell us a little bit about that. I have. Okay. So, yes, um, my second book, so my first book was published in... 2013 I wrote a workbook and um, produced an audio book which was um, a a, a book really that worked alongside the programs that I ran for women and it was about um, it was about how you plan your year how you evaluate your life and how you make you know you set your vision for your future but then um, in 2015 I felt um, really encouraged and driven to write write about my life to write my memoirs and um i i wrote the first part of my trilogy which was called Geraldine's pearl i wanted to do this because i wanted my um i worked with women and i worked with women who were as a coach and also as a trainer and women were sharing their stories with me. Women were sharing their some of their deepest, um, deepest pains, deepest um, the blocks that were in their life, the um, the issues that they had faced. And what I felt at the time was, whilst I'm working with people, I also want them to know who I am. And one of the questions that I was asked was, you know, what qualifies you to do this work? Well, in addition to um, my qualifications and, and other credentials, I also wanted them to know that my life experience more than qualified me to work with them and support them. And so I wrote Geraldine's Pearl and decided to self-publish and um, so I did that um, in tw- at the end of 2015 and released the book on the 9th of April 2016. And, um, and then thereafter, and the book was very successful. It was very well received. Um, it kind of catapulted me. So although I was quite well known, I was well known in the childcare industry, but I was also well known as a broadcaster. I was at the time running um, events and programs, particularly aimed around um, domestic abuse. I led some campaigns around domestic abuse and also was involved in some national campaigns around ending the stigma for mental health. And um, so I was quite well known anyway, but then after becoming an author, it moved me to a completely different place where I started to become recognised as um, the person that knows about books, particularly around my, an authority in that field. And so people, I was asked to help with book launches, with promoting books, and 
I just become became absorbed with anything but related. And so alongside that, um, I was approached to support some people to publish their books. And I knew that I'd done this myself before. I'd been reading. As I said, this is where reading, being equipped with the ability to read, helped me because I studied and studied and read and translated what I learned about publishing into practice, really, and just started publishing for a few people. And then, after publishing a couple of books, my door, my my phone didn't start ringing, my inboxes, my everywhere, people were just demanding for me to provide them with a service. And so I decided, I'll do this, you know? And that's how it, that's how it um, began, by trying it. However, another side to, the, to this story is that I also have a um, neurological illness called trigeminal neuralgia, which causes me to have um, severe pain in my face. Um, it's that illness, they say it's the, um, they call it the suicide disease because there's a high prevalence of people with the illness who who sadly do take their lives. But um, it's, it's a, they say it's the most severe pain known to human medicine, and it's a pain that happens in your face. So I had a period, um, alongside doing my writing, I had a period of being very unwell. Um, and I, and in addition to that, I developed anxiety and depression. And so, I was at home and I couldn't do the radio anymore, couldn't do my, my talk shows anymore. I wasn't doing any training, I wasn't coaching anyone. And I was literally at home, unwell for quite some time, for, for almost a year really, I was at home, unwell. However, whilst I was at home, unwell, I couldn't do um, everyday things, but I could write, right. I could... Um, work on my computer and I did that from my bed so wow. I was struggling actually I was struggling actually because um I'd written my book I'd received you know I'd, I'd experienced the kind of celebrity that it brings when you become an author I'd been on tour across the UK I had um and I'd even been to the Caribbean on book readings and um, I was just so, so busy and absorbed in activity. But then I had a bout of this illness and I I dipped, I plunged to um, a depression. I think what also impacted me was just the fact that in writing my memoirs, I had to revisit some very difficult and painful traumas that had happened throughout my life. And so all of these really compounded and I ended up, you know, being unwell for about a year. But through that, Imani, um, this business came and uh, I lay in my bed or sometimes I'd get up and I would just be working from my laptop and helping people, working through their manuscripts. And then I found a team who'd work and support and do the editing. And that is really how the publishing house was developed. I was at a place where 
I wasn't sure what sort of work I could do because some of the time I couldn't speak. Often I couldn't speak and often I couldn't read. Uh, sorry, couldn't eat because I was in so much pain. And so that was the only thing I could do was um, read, write and work from my laptop when I had, you know, a bit of reprieve from the pain. I was able to do the work. And that's how really Master M Publishing House began. And it's just been wonderful. You know, it's like I had reached a place before that, um, in the period of illness, I had reached a place where I wasn't sure where I was going to go with my life. I was so unwell. I felt that because I'd kind of achieved quite a lot through my career and also in my freelance work, I thought that I was completely spent. You know, I used to say, you know, Marcia, Marcia M. Spence is just spent uh -huh. now. She's done everything, exactly. I felt that I'd done everything that I was here to do. And I couldn't muster the strength to do any more. And then this gift of this mission, this business, this service, was given to me from my from my bed, from my bed. I mean, at that time, my anxiety was so heightened that I couldn't leave my house. But if I ever did, I had panic attacks. So I needed a huge amount of support. I needed support from my children. My children stepped in and took over. They ran the home. They just took very, very good care of me. And I was allowed to fight my way to good health, but also fight my way to finding a way and a purpose and a mission to fill the rest of my days, which has been wonderful. And, and that is how the publishing house began. Well, um, Marcy, that's incredible. I mean, to be in pain, to be working, you know, yeah. from your bed, to be, you know, just, be, I mean, it just shows that you can do, if you really put your mind to something, you can make it happen. And that's, you know, that's really, that's really inspiring what you've done um, at a time like that. Um, you know, I know you've got, obviously, you've written a book, you've, you've become a publisher. Now, I... I found out about this when I someone introduced me to one of your authors, Pam Rowe, I think it was, um, yes, who I interviewed. And mm -hmm. when we got talking, she said, "Oh, my publisher is Marcia Spence." I thought, "I know Marcia Spence," and um, <laughs> it was yeah. I was like, "Wow, this yeah. is amazing." Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So um, can you can you tell us a little bit about you know um, how you you know, all the, the people that's coming through you, because I, you know, I've, I've interviewed okay. a few of them. Mm-hmm, yeah. I will do. So, I mean, what's, I mean, Imani, what's been wonderful is that um, I have attracted some amazing women, some amazing women with powerful stories, but not only powerful personal stories, but these are women women of substance, these are women who are on a mission to make a difference. And a lot of what they what they're writing about and 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 
what they're aiming to achieve is in alignment with my reason for being here also. So I know that, you know, I believe in real people telling their real stories through whatever medium. And at this point in time, books is the way that, you know, I am, I am, um, I'm utilizing publishing and books as the route for people to tell their stories. So yes, Pam Rowe, absolutely, oh, absolutely amazing, amazing, well-accomplished professional woman who, um, you know, she's, she's a real high-profile social worker. She's a social work and um, leadership consultant and she's a transformative coach. Now Pam has risen, had risen in her career, but people didn't know what had actually led her to become a social worker. And Pam and I, when we first met in 2017, we had a long conversation about her story and we just connected. And through that connection, we then worked on supporting her to get her memoirs out. She'd already written most of it. And then we went through the process of supporting Pam because it's so difficult. Pam's story involves a lifetime of abuse and exploitation. You know, she was beaten, she was raped, she was sexually abused um, by um, her father. And Pam has been so courageous in telling her story. And Pam is also, you know, Pam's book is Transforming Lives. Working with Pam Rowe actually helped me because the message, the messages that we received from Pam were about knowing your value. Yeah. You know, throughout her life, she struggled with what was her value? Where was her place of belonging? You know, who is she? Am I, do people like me? Am I liked? Am I approved of? Am I validated? And then through her life's journey, she, she understood that she is of value, that she doesn't need any external validation, but that she needed to, you know, forgive herself, accept herself, and understand that, you know, she decides on who she is. She decides on her value. And it was just a marvelous journey. I know with Pam Rowe, at the end of, once her book was published and once it had been received by the public, Pam's whole perspective on herself, on the pain that she'd been through, had completely shifted and that Pam reached a pinnacle really in terms of freedom you know and for me you know I feel so blessed to have been um, a key player in facilitating that process with Pam Rowe absolutely blessed to have been able to do that so that's Pam Rowe um, we have um, another writer another Pam Pamela Pamela Hain, uh, R. Haynes yeah, who's written Loving the Brothers um, I'm not sure if you've interviewed Pam have yes, you? Yeah, yeah, there's also Pam Haynes, yeah, absolutely. And this is what I mean, um, I think the difference that um, 
becoming involved in writing and publishing, the difference it's made for what I'm doing for my business is that the it's it's also about the calibre of people that are in and around me now. You know, I'm surrounded by women who are very, very serious about what they're doing, about the messages that they want to, um, they want the public to know about. And also they're serious about the impact that they want to make socially and politically. Now with Pam Hain, she's an ambassador, ambassador about domestic abuse. You know, she's telling a story. She's written a phenomenal, amazing um, um, fiction, fiction book. Yes. <laughs> but it really, but really, yeah. have you read it? Have yes, you read it, I have. Yes, yes I, you've read I know it. All the characters. And all the characters. <laughs> Marcus. Marcus. I'm looking at Marcus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat- My favourite in the book is um, is um, Veronica, Patty's mum. And Veronica, Veronica is Patty's mum, and she's from Barbados. And I absolutely, I absolutely love Veronica. She's a real character. She says what but she yes, says, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. So there's, yeah, there's Pam Hayes, who is doing so well, and Hamro. They're doing so well. Yeah. Their books are selling well. The feedback is phenomenal about their books. Pamela Haynes is just all over the country and international, internationally. She launched a book in Ireland and I was honoured to be there with her to do that. She launched it in London and she also launched it in Barbados. I was invited to go, I just couldn't make it there, which I was kicking myself when I saw the pictures, but yeah, fantastic. So that's a couple of the stories. We specialise in memoirs and we specialise in books that are about social issues. Um, We specialise in memoirs and we provide specialist service. We have a a psychotherapist and counsellor on our team. So we offer counselling and support to our authors throughout the process. Um, To write a book takes a lot of focus and discipline and it takes a lot of courage. You know, whether you're writing your story or whether you're writing fiction, just to put your, commit yourself to put your work down on paper for people to read, to critique, to review. You know, you have to be courageous to do that, okay? But also, if you're writing your memoirs, if you're writing about trauma, if you're writing about your family, It also exposes you to, yes, critique from the public, yes, feedback from the public, but then there's also the family element where members of the family, members of your community, and so as the writer that stepped out of the family and written this book, there's a there is there are a lot of um, factors to to deal with really you know you can get positive a range of positive feedback you can get people who um don't really say anything to you i know for me when i wrote my memoir i found that my extended family although they read it they didn't really speak to me about it so it it can make the writer writing can be quite isolating anyway yeah 
but it can make the writer feel even more isolated and vulnerable and especially if the writer doesn't have a strong support network. So what we do at Marty M Publishing House is we, we, we build a community that is able to, writers are supporting writers and we as a team do the best that we can to support the writers also within the community because we can become vulnerable. I know for me, I became extremely vulnerable um, once I'd kind of um, shared some my story, my, my truth about my life into a public arena. But also, I you know, I understand that my family, you know, they felt that what was once private had now become public and that was difficult for them. So yeah, 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 yeah. There's lots of different it's complexities really when, when it comes to writing memoirs. So we specialise in memoirs. So we've published um, books about, we published a book, one of the earlier books was um, From Very Humble Beginnings by Victorine Ngamsha, who's from Cameroon. She's a Cameroonian um, celebrity. And she writes about her, her mother being buried alive in Africa. Her, yes, her, um, her mother being um, named a witch because the children, um, six of her mother's children died and people said she was a witch. But actually the family suffered with a, a, a kidney disease, a polycystic kidney disease where the children died quite young. And again, we worked with um, Victorine to tell her story uh, about a rape that she suffered, she and her sister suffered, when they were aged 8 and 10. And it was so difficult for um, the author to even say the word rape. And so we, I would say, you know, we, we also, we work in a therapeutic way to enable the authors to, yes, to open up to share, but also we support them through the, the pain and the angst of sharing and revealing and confronting, you know, their story, their story, you know. But, but so again, this whole process of developing and producing the books and launching the authors is definitely cathartic but it's a process that people do come out of feeling empowered you know but it is a journey and it is a painful journey it is a painful journey <laughs> wow yeah you know I, I, I'm listening to you um, <clears throat> yeah it's yeah it's it's a lot and you know um, obviously people listening someone might be sitting there with their book you know um, yes. in manuscript form or what have you or in their head or what have you and what would, yeah. what would you say to them because the thing is as well Marcia, uh, okay. when you first wrote your book was it did you have it sat you know on on, on man, you know yes I had but... been yes Imani I had been probably scribbling things down for about 10 years actually three years three years before I finally um finished it I did attempt to bring my story forward however at that time my mum was not ready 
and so she read a few things that I'd written but she wasn't ready and so I then kind of pulled back and took some time to work through my reasons for wanting to tell this story my reasons for or, um, my reason for once understanding that this story can make a difference to other people but also in working with my mum around some of the issues in the book to say you know there is nothing to be ashamed of there in fact it's empowering to speak your truth and so mum and I worked through all of this to get to a place where I could then tell my story um, we did um, she did read it two weeks before publishing and we had wow. to have some crisis meetings because she was like change this take this out why did you say that no it's not this we don't know people it was and we had to so we had to have some crisis talks with my editor Maureen Worrell with my children my cousins we, we really did we held a kind of family conference around you know bits that some people might have wanted changed and then my, my editor coached me through and, and just said this is your story Marcia this is your truth this is from your perspective as a child this is from your perspective as an adult just go for it because ultimately it's going to affect positive change despite it being you know a difficult experience so yeah so so what I'm astounded by Marnie going back to your question is that the number of people when I speak to people now it's almost as though everyone has a book people will say you know I've had people just say oh I wrote this book 10 years ago I feel encouraged to publish it now you know people will say um I've written two books I wrote this book four years ago seriously there, there are so many people with a book that they've been sketching out and just looking for an opportunity to be able to get the story out. And I think also finding the confidence to, to do it. So part of the work that I do is encouraging people in the way that I was encouraged. You know, I was encouraged by other writers when I, you know, I wanted to write. So I'd met um, a writer called Ava Brown, I'd met a writer called Janice Rivers. I knew Annika Spaulding, who was a writer, and also Maureen Worrell. And that group of women encouraged me to write. In fact, when I was around them, I knew that I was in the right place. I knew that I was a writer. I just hadn't published my, my memoir as yet. Although I'd written a business book, my memoirs hadn't come out. And so, so yes, so to anyone who has something that they've written or that they're attempting to write, I would say it is very, very important to tell our story. Imani, some people say to me, oh, I don't know who would want to read my story. Oh, it's not as traumatic as that one. Or, you know, things like that. You know, they'll say, oh, well, it's not. Who would want to know about my life? But everybody's life and everybody's story is unique and we are all individually here for a particular purpose. No two people will have an identical life, although we'll have similar 
experiences and there is value in every person's story you know and that's something that I definitely you know I have to get over to to everyone there is value in your story every book that we work on I my and my team we benefit of it as individuals from elements of the stories it's helped us to grow you know the opportunity to just get fresh material um, raw material so it's not the finished products it's people who are just putting their life on paper putting their thoughts on paper you know putting your thoughts on paper can make you an authority over your life over your story and over your experience it is vitally important I would also say that as as you know I am of African Caribbean heritage my parents are from Jamaica and I am used to being told stories I grew up around my grandmother and my grandaunts and lots of elders who told lots and lots of stories so we are fantastic at oral history we're fantastic at telling our stories and we and and what and it just I'm not saying that you know people of African heritage historically had written things however that was taken away from us the opportunity to be able to get our stories down on paper was taken away from us for a time but in this time it's important for us to get our stories down the one thing that I know for sure Imani is that my grandchildren and my great-grands and, and, and moving forward will know who I who I am. They will know about me. From They'll know about my childhood. They'll know about how I think. They'll know about my experiences. And they'll know this because they'll be able to read this, you know. So I'm saying to listeners who you may not even want to put your story out in the public, but you can leave it as a legacy, a legacy for your family. We are working with a woman who lives in Holland at the moment, who's, um, she's from Jamaica. She came to the UK and then she moved um, to Holland about 20 years ago. And she's almost 80 years of age and we're working on her memoirs. Now this lady has written um, a 228,000 word manuscript. 228,000 words, her life story. And it tells a history from Jamaica, Windrush, living in the UK, working in the UK. It tells about her marriage. It does tell a story of quite graphic um, domestic abuse and her, you know, her her migration to the UK and then on to Holland, and um, it's phenomenal. And this this lady, I mean, we're flying out to see her um, in a few weeks. She, you know, two hundred twenty eight thousand words <laughs> is is about four books in one. Four wow. books in one, you know. The average book that we publish is around about fifty to 60,000 words, you know, and um, it's phenomenal. And this is, a, this is an elder in our community who has decided I must 
published my book. You know, she's heading to her 80s, but this book must come out. So we make that commitment that it just depends on what the writer wants. You know, a writer might want to make a lot of money from their books. And we do what we can to enable them to get a book out there. And it can, it can either, they can either make money through publishing with us as an independent publisher, or what we also do is we help people to raise their author platform that then they can attract traditional publishers. They may strike a, a publishing deal where they get paid to publish their books. So, so I would say I am learning that, you know, as a black woman, there are so many black female authors that are just looking for the opportunity to get their books published, looking for an opportunity to tell their story. Every, almost every person I meet has an amazing story to tell and has a different angle and has an angle that can educate others. We're working again on another memoir of an 85 year old, um, again, Jamaican heritage woman. She, um, she's, she has an MBE. She has multiple Queen's Awards. She's a gardener. She's a community activist in Birmingham in the UK. Her name's Eunice McGee Belgrave. And you see her on um, gardening programs like Alan Titchmarsh's programs. She's on programs with, um, oh, what's his name? The chef, the celebrity chef. She's, she's really a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. Um, the press cuttings that we have been working through, she must have, I don't know, about 37 awards. And I mean, these are awards of substance. These are, you know, Jubilee Awards. They are Pride of Britain Awards. There are, you know, all these phenomenal, phenomenal um, accolades. You know, Imani, all I can say is I'm just so blessed because I get to meet these people, I get to work with them, I get to share space and time with women who are achieving so much. And not only that, they're deciding, I'm gonna leave a powerful legacy. Eunice McGee Belgrave, for example, she has so many awards that now they're actually being displayed in Birmingham Museum, there's a whole section on this lady, you know, and we as a team are honoured to be the ones that are putting together her her memoirs. It's just it's just marvellous, you know. It's just it's just a marvellous, marvellous way to spend your time. For me, it's it, it's such a blessing. That's all I can say. Yeah, I, I can. You know, <laughs> I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, wow. Is that and, okay? Yeah, it and, is. And I, you know ladies are 80 and 85 and you know as you said everyone's yeah. got everyone's got a story and i love that you said a legacy you know just imagine yeah. you know a child has got their parents you know memoirs and you know they, exactly. can, read and they can learn about them and yeah it's, it's yeah it's powerful very very powerful yes very 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 yeah i mean what's been great for me on a personal level um, we, we, we published a book called Confidence Confidential last year and that was an anthology with 14 women and 14 different women writing about the perspective on confidence and 
what was a really proud moment for me was that within that book I was able to encourage both my youngest daughter who was 16 at the time and my mum who was 70 at the time and they both became published authors within that book yeah yeah for me that was just um oh for me personally it was just great that um mum especially for mum who had always given us books I mean I'm in my mum's home now in Portugal and there's just books everywhere you know and um and to be able to be the person to facilitate the opportunity for my mum to have her first um published work done was was awesome and the fact that she rose to the challenge and said you know I'm doing this and she did it you know and she flew over for the launch it was actually um a year ago today that we that we launched it I think we launched it on the 6th of May um on the Sunday and had a fantastic event in Birmingham so yeah so it's great that um you know other members of my family are also following suit um in fact my my grandson is eight and he's very very interested in what I do and at Easter weekend he spent the weekend with me and we wrote a book together so yeah he wrote it I helped him to do that so what we're doing now is um we're putting the book together and we will publish his book and he literally just wrote about because we don't see him that often and so that was a special weekend for all of us so he wrote about the weekend and all of the things that we did and yeah it's it's just great it's just absolutely it's just fantastic imani i don't even have the words yeah you know yeah 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 yes so for people in business um you know i am a coach i coach women in leadership and women in business and again um for people in business writing a book asserts your position as an authority in your field you know you're putting your thoughts down on paper you're committing yourself to the things that you say and we're working a lot with business people in developing books that are what what they call kind of lead generators as well so it's a way of um if you're providing a service for people then you can write a book write a book about what you know and then that helps you to become more recognized because you've you've committed you've committed to it you know you've committed to what you do on paper you've shown that you have this knowledge you're showing that you also have the discipline and vision to actually sit down and and pen a book so yeah yeah it's great and we're learning every single day um through this process i don't think you can ever stop learning when it comes to words when it comes to even even with grammar with um there are different styles there are different approaches to writing there we we get authors we get many authors who have are dyslexic and we're working with them to publish we've had authors with some visual impairment and we've supported them through we've had authors who actually can't write at all but they voice their books then we transcribe them 
and then we convert the transcription into um, then into a manuscript and then have it edited. So for us, and I'd say for me, um, the end product is very, very important. However, the process is the vitally important element within what we do. The, the process that we go through with the author to get them to that place where this product is then released. I was going to ask And you, the thing is, even, yeah, go I was going to ask mm-hmm. you the process of, you know, writing, mm. you know, a book and obviously with yourself mm-hmm. as, a, as a publisher. I mean, what, what, what's mm-hmm. that like? You know, can you, can you sort of... Um, okay. So if somebody came, so if somebody came to us and had an idea, hadn't written anything, we would, so I in particular spend time, so I work as a, as a book strategist really to look at, um, firstly we examine what does the author want to achieve, what are the key messages, who's the audience that they want to reach and what is their story. What I understand, Imani, about people is that people are attracted to people. So if you're writing a book about being a hairdresser, for example, you also need to share your story. People want to know, who are you? Who is this? Who is this hairdresser? You know, who who are you? And so, you know, I encourage people to share and to open up about themselves. However, the process of writing a book I think the first thing is to just get all all of the ideas that you have, get them down on paper. Just let it just just record and record and record. So wherever you can and whenever you can, you just record, record, record. If it's your memoirs, just get writing. People often say, where shall I start? And I often say, well, you couldn't start at the beginning. So you could start writing it from the beginning of your life and just 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 write it in, in that way in terms of writing it as a timeline. And then somebody might say, well, mm, but this thing's happening right now. So I'll say, okay, then write about what's happening right now. And then we can, we can, can actually sketch out the different chapter headings or the different sections so we can go through a mind mapping exercise where we look at what connects to what what elements of your story fit with the messages that you want to convey but the most important thing at the beginning is don't edit don't edit before you've written it you know (laughs) write it because what can happen is we can hold back and we can say oh let's change this let's change that just write it don't even care about the spelling don't care about punctuation grammar the whole lot just some people say spew it out i don't really like that phrase (laughs) but just get the story out get it out on paper then once you get it out on paper we can then do the work around the structure of the of the book the structure of the story and you know move things around so that it will capture you know the reader's attention you know your book needs to hook the reader the readers the reader needs to be able to pick that book up and not want to um, put it down 
So you start with a completely raw manuscript and with that manuscript then it will go through a process of being edited. So there's there's copy editing which goes through the the structure, the, the, the whole story, the it goes through all of those elements and then there's also line by line. I'm not I'm not really an editor, I'm more of a strategist, but editors in my team and then go through um, line by line editing, which will look at how each line in the book works. And we also do developmental editing, um, which is something I do get involved in because this is where we build on the story. So we help the writer. So somebody may approach us with a 10,000 word manuscript and then we work with them to build it and build it and develop the story to then, you know, people then result in a 50,000 or 60,000 word manuscript by the time we finished working with them. Then once the editing's been done, the editing process can involve an editor working through your manuscript, making suggestions, perhaps making some changes also, but then it goes back to the, the way that we work, it goes back to the author, for the author to do some work on the book if necessary there'll be lots of questions and comments and suggestions and recommendations throughout the script that will that will um, encourage the author to um, just make improvements and develop um, develop the manuscript then after the the editorial process editing process um, then the book goes through um, proofing to check for any errors to check for punctuation, to check on the grammar, check on consistency, um, just check, check, check. And that's that tends to be done um, on screen. But then, then it's about getting hard copies of the book. Then when you get hard copies, it then goes through a process of checking and proofing. Great ways to proof your, proof your work and one of the best ways is reading it out loud or using one of the um because when you read out loud that's when you can yeah. see if there's problems with the grammar yeah. problems with the words because you'll find when someone's reading a script if um if they're stuttering or the that means you know the punctuation isn't quite right because they're unable to read it easily or the wording is not quite working correctly for you to read it out loud so a process of reading out loud but then there's another process in proofreading where you read from the back, you read it backwards, so you read from the bottom backwards wow. as well to check. Yeah, there's some danger points um, in checking books that the the um, the naked eye or the you know human eye and the way that your brain works is that if you're working with material for a very long time, then your eye, your eye and brain will adjust the errors and make them correct in your mind. So when you read something over and over, you won't see the errors after a little while. So again, this is where we um, do the best that we can to move manuscripts around so that fresh, fresh eyes are checking them as well yeah and, and we rely on the author to work with us to um also do some checking as well 
we take it through a process of um, being reviewed before it's released. So whilst we may have done, uh, you know, a lots and lots of editorial work and development work with the book, and we've edited and proofed, but actually we need to test what do the public think of this? What do the readers think? So then we go through a phase of sending it out for review. And we have um, volunteer reviewers attached to our team who will read the books and give us some feedback. So some may have a book and say, oh, it's boring. You know, this bit's boring, but we like this bit. Or they might, you know, or, or just give some real, give some critique, give the praise and give critique. So then even at, we could be like a few weeks before publishing, but then when we get that feedback, we're able to make any adjustments that we can. Yeah. With some of our books, we've even published and gone through kind of a test marketing phase where the books have gone out and we've seen how it's going. Some books, they, they're released and they just sell, sell, sell. There might be other books, they're just not quite selling. So is it an issue with the design? Is there any problem within the manuscript? Is there something that we might have missed? Is there something to do with the story? Is it not quite grabbing the readers? Is the story actually written for the target audience that we suggested in the first place? And so, you know, we have had a couple of books where we thought, do you know what, let's, let's revise these books and relaunch them and make sure that we're, we're marketing to the to the right people with the book. So what we have to remember, and what I am definitely, definitely learning even more so, is that that word edition and edition. Now, the word edition comes from edit. So what that means then is that you can, you can publish a book and then you could edit it, you could have it re-edited, and then you bring out another edition and you bring out another edition, and you bring out another edition. You know, editing, editing never, ever, ever stops. And as a, as a writer grows, what they want for their book uh, might be different to what they wanted at the beginning, the, the way that they, the things that writers learn, the thing, you know, they may want to do something different with their books. I know for myself, with my book, Geraldine's Pearl, I'm currently having it re-edited and um, it will be relaunched this year um, because things have changed for me, I've learnt more and I want to do, you know, a slightly different version to that book. So yeah, yeah, it's, 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 an, it's, a, it's an ongoing process, um, there's cover designing, there's thinking about what, what, what cover is going to attract the right readers. Um, what cover is going to convey the message that you want to convey, the size of the book is something to consider, you know, where do you want, so so we think about, there are some books we think, okay, we want this to be a handbag size, or we want this to be a pocket size, you know, or we really want a really thick, robust book for a particular, for a particular story. So there are different... Um, sizes there are different fonts even when we're thinking about publishing what font suits this this book style you know what design within the book suits this style what's going to be attractive to the 
to the readers that we want um, to attract to this book. So there are so many elements to consider when actually putting a book together and so much thought that, that needs to go into um, producing the book that it, that it will reach the people that you want to reach, um, that it will be a great product. So the other thing with telling stories is that um, with memoirs is this philosophy, um, this, this whole principle of showing and not telling. Yes. So when you write again, you can write, write, but what we want is that the reader is invited into the experience. And so we're, rather than you saying, well, um, I went down the road, I went down the road and saw the red car. You actually, you actually write it, you know, where, um, yes, you're walking down the road, but you actually speak to someone and say, oh, there is the red car. You're actually in that moment and it's happening live. It's in, you know, it's in that kind of almost in that present tense. And people have the experience of the dialogue that happened at the time and also what did the environment look like what could you smell what could you taste how did you feel what were you wearing what was on the floor so all of that detail about the environment as well as the dialogue you know as well as the feelings as well as the thoughts so that the reader can really be there with you within the moment of, of whatever you're describing in the book so then they're having the experience they're they're you're you're showing them through the way that you've written it in them as though it's in the moment you know and that is so much more effective than just kind of saying you know and this happened and that happened <laughs> but actually actually create the scenes so we try to encourage writers to create the scenes as much as they possibly can within their script. And that must make, you, you know, that must bring out more intuition because you're when you're using all your senses like that, um, it yeah. must make you more sensitive to things and, and more, you know, pick up things a lot more. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. I wanted you so to what, go, Sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, I wanted you to go okay. through this because I, you know, want people to kind of think about, you know, when you see someone with a book, you you don't yeah. realise the journey that they've had to go yeah. through. And with Marcy just explaining that journey, you know, it just it just brings it home, you know. Um, yeah. But yes, carry on, Marcy. You know, really, really yeah, happy. no, there's there is so much um, detail involved. Um, we then so if it is a memoir, then there are processes as well around um, how do we try making sure that we and the author are not going to get sued so there are you know we need to yeah so there are there are things yeah so there are things that we have to consider when we're putting the manuscript together and we're looking at um the places and the people and we um we have to work through are we using people's names are we using uh, you know would the what would the consequences be if um, if this person was revealed? Would someone take action? You know, so there, we have to work through a number of things. Just one moment, Imani. 
okay just to say if you just tuned in i'm speaking to marcia spence she is an author a publisher and she's really just telling a story about you know what she's been doing over the years how she how she came into being a, an entrepreneur and um the, yeah oh you're you're back yes carry on Marcia. i'm back i'm back you, you thank can tell you, you much thank better. you very much <laughs> yeah so yeah so um I tell you, if this, what I understand, that there is so there is so much detail within um, writing and publishing, and there are so many levels. So what we do is create an opportunity for individuals to get their written work out there, published and read by the public. We also provide. An opportunity for individuals to build a brand whether it's that the book becomes part of their business or their community or their you know whatever their whatever their particular uh, um, objectives are whether they're writing a book because it's part of what they do in the community or their business and the book helps to move their brand forward but also for authors who who are who who are writers who want to write for the love of writing and want to get their stories out their fiction stories out i mean now what i love about what pamela haynes has done is that she's written this very interesting exciting <laughs> fiction series that and i hear you giggle because it does make you giggle but when we look into what she's done with that book it is so very clever and she should be absolutely applauded for what she's um what she's doing because she's she's having to craft characters so what we do with someone who's writing fiction so this is different to when you're writing your memoirs so if it's fiction you have to then create character profiles so for example, with Pam's book, who is Charmaine? So, how tall is she? What is her hair like? You know, what weight is she? Where does she work? How does she speak? What is her favorite color? So, Pam has been through a whole process of creating these characters. And then it's how do you then write the chapters and, and keep the chapters true to that character without another character's voice? slipping in into into Charmaine so if you imagine being a fiction writer you've got to you're creating the plot so what is this what is this all about there's the plot and then the subplots there's the characters there's the whole the setting and there's so many elements involved in putting it together but what I love about Um, what Pam Haynes has done with hers is that not only has she created, crafted this fiction story there's a a whole theme running through which is about domestic violence and there's another there's another theme which is about sexual abuse of men and I don't know if everyone picks that up but that's there in the book and there's a reason why, you know, those males are the way that they are. And 
it's, I just think it's amazing. I just think that anyone who can sit down and take the time to create these characters, create these stories, they just have to be applauded, just have to be applauded and honoured. The other thing I'd like to say is an author, people believe that authors are really, really rich. We're not. <laughs> However, becoming an author, um, it, it definitely makes you rich in the, in the sense of the environment that you're in, in the sense of achieving that self-actualization. So if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs where, oh, yeah. you know, you're, you're using your creativity, you're reaching a kind of a pinnacle when you're able to put together your work and, and write this book and get this book out, especially if you do it well, you know. But even if we, we write a book and it's not the very best, but you've actually been courageous enough to get a book out and to get your first book out. I'd say to get your first book out and to have the courage to do it is the key really to then your author journey. If we think about, for example, um, Andrea Levy, who, who died this year, who wrote Small Island, then, see Audrey Levy, who died this year, then she became really successful on her fourth book and she'd written other books and then she just became this, this, this really award-winning, acclaimed writer. But we need to just step out and just get that first book out in order to, yeah, in order to really then take the steps to becoming an author. Yeah. There's lots more to it, Imani. Lots more <laughs> to it. We're doing some work now with authors on the, on the brand because what I was going to say is that in order for us to, um, marketing is a key element in, in being a, an author. So we can write books and we can publish them and we can probably have them, you know, on the online bookstores and so on. But if you don't do anything to promote it, it's not going to sell. You know, most, you know, most people that go through independent and self-publishing probably sell at the most about 300 books and then it stops. And, you know, we have authors who have sold many more than that. You know, Pam Haynes has and Pam Rowe has most definitely and, and so have I. And it's really that it's about how we get the marketing done and how we reach the people. So creating a brand is important. Knowing how to utilize the press knowing how to utilize um, social media, digital marketing, radio, TV, how to really get you yourself noticed, get your story noticed, be very clear about your, your angle, what are the angles that we can use in order to get you noticed, to get your book sold. You know, it takes a lot of work. We'll see authors um, just, just doing, just all over the place. And it's all about spreading the word about this book and getting the book read. And a key element to getting your book read is about getting reviews. The more that people are reading and reviewing it and, and giving praise to it, the more 
other people wanted to read it as well. So it's interesting because we're having a, um, a whole intensive weekend soon in July, which is all about how to sell your books, how to assert your brand, how to deal with radio interviews, how to do public speaking and all of the marketing aspects, preparing yourself for TV. I know that I hate, don't like going on TV and I know Pam and Pam Haynes and I in particular speak about we don't really like it because you get so self-conscious. So it's about just how to prepare for that. Um, you know, we might, I know for me, I think that I would have to, um, stop eating for a month so I can slim down a bit for the, <laughs> the extra pounds that it puts on. But um, yeah, yeah, so there's so much involved. I'm working with some young authors who've written some children's books. And, you know, I have one, and that's another element that we, we, we've launched recently. And um, these young women, the one in particular, um, is so terrified of being in the public eye. In fact, we have a few, we have another book we have another book coming out soon called Why I Love My Abuser. And again, the writer is just so frightened. Um, and it is very, very, very nerve wracking. Just before your book is launched, it's, you know, it's, 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 and, and it is like, you know, you're about to have a baby, you know, and you're, you're so frightened. And your every author goes through a real panic and a real anxiety phase just before the books are released they really do and that's where we have to give quite intensive support to the author and then when they get reactions from people often writers um, call me and talk about um, another element which is um, people just relationships changing with friends um, they, they become isolated because and this is not because it being a memoir it's just the fact that they've become an author and there's a shift because I, because I know I grew up admiring authors and so, and many people do and it's, you don't always have, everyone doesn't have an author in their family or in their, in their friendship group. So then when one of them becomes an author, the dynamics change because there's a lot of attention now on this person and this person's achieved something really, really phenomenal. And so authors often need support with losing friends, with um, problems in friendships and relationships, and we support them through through those things as well. So, yeah, so, so we're doing some work. So I know that in July we're going to be doing some work with authors around really asserting yourself, feeling confident about what you're doing, being able to speak in public and promote your book because the way that you promote your book is, is, is the way that you're going to be able to sell your book and reach more people. More people. Wow. No, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Oh, my gosh. Because... Um, I hope it's been helpful. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. definitely feel you've, you've literally kind of coached us into, you know, knowing about yeah. the book journey and, um, mm -hmm. and you know, you've listed, your, you know, your... Um, your authors and the things that they're doing oh. and what have you but you know oh. how, how do you feel um Marcy? because you know when you know it's one thing for you to write and and have your book but what is it like for you when you see your authors oh you know oh it oh i 
I am, I, I've already, I think I've said, I am, I am so proud of them because I know the journey. I am so honored to be associated with them and to have been a facilitator in the process. Many of my authors refer to me as the mud- midwife. Yeah, I remember. Um, where, I, yeah, yeah, refer to me as the midwife. I have a couple who call me mother. So it's just crazy. Oh. <laughs> you know, there's a few call me Mother M or Mother, yeah. And they'll call each other sisters who are in the, you know, who are the books that we've, we've delivered. <laughs> um, for me, for me, I am so very, very proud of the, the authors that we have worked with. And they just, and, and what's great is there is a, um, a sisterhood. We are, we're not I a woman was, You know what, company. I was going to say that. I was, but, I, yeah, I was going to yeah, say we're that. we're not. I've seen them, you know, yeah. like they all, they, you know, they're such this camaraderie that's so, you know, you can yeah. see the support between them. Um, yeah. Like on they social really media. Do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it is really, really genuine. It's not even just for social media there's probably the tip of the iceberg on social media so they they i mean when i need reviewers they'll review each other's books they will go to each other's book launches they will support in the book launches they promote i I think the thing is is understanding that and what i understand is this that there isn't we're not in competition because whoever reads pam haynes's book will also can also read Jeanette Barrett's book, yeah, we'll also Jeanette read Harris. Pam Rowe's book, we'll also read Marcia M. Spence's book because people don't just read one book, you know? No. So we're not in competition. It's just not a competition, you know? And when Pam, when, when, um, we recently have an author who wrote about um, a, 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 a book called Honey from the Rock 40 Prayers for Widows, her name's Audrey Jackson. Now, she recently won a, um, was a recipient of a Wise Women Award. Um, and now each time, you know, different, mem- different of my authors um, get awards. For me, that's another award for us. That's yeah. a share, you know, that's, that's um, when one person wins, we all, we all win, win. Yeah. you know. And I tell you what I love in mine, and I have to say this, you know. What I absolutely love about the women around me within this publishing house, they give me so much support. So whilst I'm here to serve them, you know, they, if there are any problems, any issues, even if there's problems with their books, even if something goes a little bit wrong, they are so encouraging and supportive of this movement that this publishing house is doing you know I spoke with one of my authors um, this morning and I said you know something the way I feel about what I do now is that God gave me this I, I, I know that when I was ill God gave me this business to run and he sent angels truly he sent his angels to surround me and that is how I feel in terms of the authors you know that they're just a blessing. They've just been an absolute blessing. I totally love and appreciate every one of them. But the beautiful thing is, I feel that reciprocated. 
and it's just a great place to be, Imani. It's a great place to be. Now that's amazing, you know, <laughs> you know, living your dream and doing, making a difference. Yeah, that's the, that's that's what life is about, isn't it? You know, exactly. and I love that you say, you know, no compromise. Why, you know, why do we need to compete? It's so important to complement and you know yeah. be part of. Um, Definitely. So it's, be- it's beautiful that you know. Um, this is happening and the wonderful stories and knowledge that is coming through you know from yeah. these authors you know yeah, um, yeah. Marcia what I want to ask you at this point but my my uh, mm-hmm. my what do you call it my ads are gone but so we can we, we can just talk okay but, um, what I wanted to ask you was if someone someone's sitting at home and they've got dreams and um, hopes and but you know obstacles are in the way or different things or they just you know sometimes they just feel down they just don't feel they can pick themselves up and go for it um what would you say mm. to that person because obviously with what you were going okay. through health, health challenges yeah. yeah yeah i'd say the first thing i'd say is it is not the end and it is not over i would say that you know what i had to do was this i had to apply a term called Sankofa. Sankofa is a Ghanaian word which is about going back to go forward. So when I was at the lowest place where I thought my life was over, I had to take myself back to and remind myself of the things that I had already overcome remind myself of the things that I had achieved and remind myself of what I am made of. So Imani, I had to reach back. I had to think about my grandmother. I had to think about my mother. I had to think about what had they been through? What did they go through for me even to be born, for me even to be here and to even to be able And then I looked at the things I had overcome and I literally mentally reached back, reached back and grabbed those things from the past, those achievements from the past, and then used them to move me forward. And it's just digging deep to find your inner resources because we have them. So to anyone listening, Think about when you've overcome something in the past. We all have. It could be the simplest of things. But think about how did you do that? How did you get through that? And then the other thing is, think about the worst, one of the worst things that has ever happened to you. Just think about it for a moment. But then remember that that is in the past. That is something in the past. And you've moved away from that. So at this time, when you're feeling low or doubtful, understand that this moment will pass and your life can change in a moment, in a moment. What I had to do, Imani, was this. I had to be still. I had to stop. And so I understand that when I was unwell, I believe it was a moment for me to stop all of that activity that I was doing because 
there was something better for me, which is where I am now and which is what I'm doing now. But that period of being unwell and being and having to stop and being still was the best thing that ever happened to me. So for anyone who's at a place where you just don't know where to go, it's okay to stop. And then what you do is you go back and you collect your strength. You collect your power. You collect your your accomplishment. You collect your and you bring it into this moment in time and then you utilize it to catapult you forward into your future. Wow, I love that. Because, you know, you're so right. Grab onto what has worked for you before and yeah. stop holding on to the things that is holding you back. Let go of those things and yeah. wear them in. Oh, That's right. Well, so that is incredible. Mm. I mm. have really, really enjoyed your contribution. Mm. And um, oh, what, thank yeah, you. have you got anything else you would like to share with us? Yeah. And I know you're in Portugal, uh, but I mean, what's the weather like over there? <laughs> oh, it's been fantastic. We were on the beach yesterday, and I actually burnt. I have sunburn. I'm proud of it. I'm not supposed <laughs> to be proud of sunburn, but it's not quite sunburn. But I really, I've got a nice tan. The weather's been fantastic. We've been outside all day and barbecued today. It's beautiful sunshine. Probably temperatures reaching about 27. It's been lovely. Um, you know what I'd say is learn. One of my mottos always has been um, the greatest revenge is success. So what I do, if 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 I'm hurt, if I feel hurt, if I feel down, whatever it is, I just push myself forward for success. And success is relative. You know, so some of my successes in terms of when I was unwell, some of my successes now that I celebrate is the fact that I get up every day. I get up every day. I have a shower. I get dressed. I do my hair and I get out. Right. There was a time when I couldn't do that. So for me, that is success, you know, Um Oh, so many things. So we need to understand about celebrating even the smallest of things and have gratitude. Yeah. Have gratitude. You know, I think reaching a place where you feel you're at rock bottom, where your life is over, actually, let's have a look at some of the little things Let's be thankful. You know, in 2016, my house was flooded out completely, the whole area where I lived in. And we had to live in a hotel for three months. I shared a bedroom with my daughter, who was 15 at the time. And it was it was, it, it was really nice at first. And then it just became awful. And what was horrible about it was we just lived in a bedroom for three months. And the most beautiful experience for us when we finally moved back back home was having our own bedrooms was was one of them but also being able to go into the front room and sit on the sofa and relax we didn't couldn't do that so so that experience again helps us to appreciate the little things okay and that's vitally important 
yeah gratitude is so important because when you start looking for things to be grateful for you just find more things come your way so thank you oh so yes much, um, yes yeah. yeah thank wow. you yeah you've been very inspirational very motivate. you know well, i'm sure you've been inspiring people oh massive yeah can you leave your details how can people yeah. find you on social media or okay so yeah um well my website is um marciampublishing.com and on facebook there is a marcia m publishing house page and i'm also um on a friends page marcia m spence yeah and if you google marcia m spence you'll find a link to me to instagram i'm on twitter and on linkedin and other places as well so yeah if you want to get in touch please do you know even just for a chat i absolutely enjoy talking to people who are interested in telling their story i'm also starting um, my radio shows again which will begin <laughs> in yeah which will begin in june so i'm very excited about that because i love radio absolutely love radio and um I, I like i like talking but i like playing music as well yeah. so i'm looking forward to that you know and um i i am so blessed you know that things that i did when i was five writing stories i'm doing that now at, in my 50s and it is wonderful <laughs> it's that, wonderful yeah, that is amazing <laughs> and that's the thing isn't it they say you know, you know from the age of one to seven if you take a child from yeah. one to seven, you exactly. can pretty much see what they're going to do later on. Show you the adult, yes. that's right. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So, yes, it's wonderful. I really, have we, I'm tired now. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. It's midnight. I know. And I've been drinking sangria today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've really contributed. You've really contributed. Thank, Thank you, you so so much, Mum. <laughs> I'm ready for oh, bed. Oh my god! Thank you All so right. much. Have a wonderful Imani, time. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, have a and wonderful Thank you, time. listeners. <laughs>